Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast. The podcast that explores the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. Novak? Nice enough place, I suppose, but between you and me, when I rolled into town, my skin started to itch. Watch yourself. Novak is one of those locations in the game that doesn't have an exact direct correlation to a real-world place. So when we talk about places like Good Springs or even Las Vegas, New Vegas itself, there are real-world locations that were more or less exactly in the same place on the map. And oftentimes the places that you find in New Vegas are you know, like, like the individual buildings or the individual themes of the place, more likely the themes of the place than where the buildings are, are drawn from the actual real world locations. Novak is a little different. And we're talking about Novak this week. Welcome back, everybody. This is Tom or Robots, your host. Um, we're talking about Novak this week because last time we talked about Craig Boone and this was Craig Boone's place to settle down. I guess you could say new home once he uh, he settled down and Novak is um, it's kind of unique. Um, if you were to place it on the map, it would most likely be Baker, California. It's about as close as you can get to an actual physical location, but it is not Baker, California. It has inspirations from other locations. So, for example, the big dinosaur, the big dinosaur that the snipers have the little sniper nest in is similar to the dinosaurs from Claude Bell's Dinosaurs is the name of the uh, the place in Cabazon, California. So it's drawing from that. Um, it does have the second largest uh, thermometer, uh, which is pulled from another location, the world's largest thermometer. And then there's also Helios One, the um, location just outside of it, which is a replica of the solar array near Daggett, California. So this area, this cell, and that's a game design term, this cell pulls from a lot of different locations and kind of condenses them into one place that feels like the type of place you might run into if you're traveling in the back roads of California. That's what you get with Novak. And of course, the name means no vacancy. It was basically what was left of one of the signs at the front of the place. And it makes sense. No vacancy. What kinds of places have vacancy signs? Well, hotels, motels, and the main location at this little village is what's well, basically what's left of a hotel. Also, I mentioned the cells for the game design here, and that's also an interesting point. This is a little known fact. This cell was the very first to be worked on in New Vegas during development. When the devs started building out locations, this was the very first one they built. So it has some of the oldest and most original design concepts for what was used in 
New Vegas, which is pretty cool. So here, we're going to get into the details today about Novak, why it's a notable place, what's kind of going on. We're not going to spoil too much in the way of storylines or anything like that. So don't be worried about that stuff. We'll mention the inhabitants, some of the uh, little known facts about the location and, you know, some more. It's one of it's one of those episodes. So welcome back, everybody. So at the time of the events of New Vegas, Novak has seen an uptick in travelers coming by. The events of the game mean that this area is a lot busier than it was before. The um, the other highway, the uh, I-15, was shut down. Remember, there's uh, all those um, death claws, and, and it's difficult to get up that highway. So this becomes the other way up to New Vegas. So you end up, if you're a person... If you're an individual living at Novak, you end up meeting a lot more travelers coming through your little your little village. Uh, good travelers, traders, people just kind of going from one place to another, but also nefarious travelers as well. That's why they have guards set up in the tower, like we talked about last week with Craig Boone. They need to make sure that they are keeping this place kind of uh, on lockdown. But at the same time, the, the village itself, and I'm calling it a village because it's very small, this location traditionally thrived off of people driving down the back roads and looking for a place to stay for the night and maybe some fun little attractions to check out. And this is, this is a theme, and, and this is a fun theme. We don't talk about this a lot on the show. In 1950s, 1960s, post-World War II America, there was a perfect combination of events and inventions that changed the way Americans treated their vacations. You had the implementation of the automobile, but you didn't have the finalization yet of the interstate system. So families who wanted to go on vacation. Oh, and you also had the proliferation of um I, I don't know if proliferation is the right word, but you had the fact that Americans were making more money than they ever did before. The United States benefited from the the ending of World War II, and a lot of families had more money to spend. So mom and dad would pack up the kids in their <laughs> Volkswagen. It wasn't really a Volkswagen. I guess Volkswagens came into vogue in what, like the 1960s? But they'd pack the kids up and they'd hit the road. And they travel and you had to take these highways in order to get from one place to another. You travel down all these back roads and it was very common that every location you went to had something that would attract the tourists to stay. Motels were invented because they were motor lodges. They were places that travelers could just stay for one night. They weren't a destination so much as like a hotel might be. And Novak starts its life as that. And then, of course, in the world of Fallout, 1950s 1960s culture is extended into the future and so you end up having this kind of theme and then in the post world the post war world of the wasteland this location still kind of has the same uh, foundation for the reason why you might want to visit it maybe find a place to stay on the way up to New Vegas maybe uh, trade a little bit and so because of that you have you know, the the motel right there where people can get a room and there are rooms available in the game. 
There's also a gift shop where they're selling what seems to be leftovers from pre-war or pre, uh, you know, pre-wasteland, pre-Great War uh, America, including the little uh, dinosaur plushies. And then they also have items on the premises from the nearby Repcon site. And you can't talk about Novak without talking about Repcon. This, I think, is very interesting. The Repcon site didn't really work out. And during its heyday was a location that many people wanted to go check out while driving on these back roads. That's part of why Novak was famous. And when the war happens and the Repcon site kind of gets, I don't know, broken, I guess you can say. And then the Bright Brotherhood moves in. The ghouls kind of take over. It creates a difficulty for the town. Before the Bright Brotherhood moved into the Repcon site, it was a place that individuals from the town could go in order to salvage stuff. In fact, you'll find a number of rockets from the Repcon site just kind of laying around in the environment. This is one of those things that I remember just kind of noticing, but I didn't really think much about it. But if you actually take the time and look around near like the garage, there's a garage area outside of the, the motel. There are rockets just kind of laying there. And I think my brain turned them into like leftover parts from cars or something, because some of the cars look kind of rocket like. But no, there's actually actual rockets from Repcon. There's a V29 321G. They, they actually have model numbers. There's a R77 293A. And then there's a Z43 521P. These are very different models of rockets that were created and tested at the Repcon site. And they're just kind of laying around in Novak. And of course, in the, uh, I mentioned before, in the um, the gift shop, there's little rockets that you can purchase as well. Now, I haven't mentioned the name of the, the motel yet, the Dino D-Lite, which is, a, again, one of those callbacks to 1950s, 1960s America. And the fact that the, the location was basically themed around the big old dinosaur up at the front. And that's very typical. I'm sure many of you while driving around in some of the locations near where you live can see the remnants of these kinds of things in even our, in our world today. We're in a little desert oasis name of Novak. This is the Dino Delight Motel and it's mine. And that's the voice of Jeannie Mae Crawford. I'm Jeannie Mae. I take care of folks here at the motel, long as they aren't troublemakers. Now, Jeannie May is one of the most important characters in Novak, and we talked about Craig Boone's story last week. I'm not going to spoil anything, but if you are doing that quest line, the one where you're looking into the details of Craig Boone's wife's disappearance, Jeannie May becomes a, a character... Of, uh, of of some focus, let's just say. You're going to want to talk to her. And there are definitely ways that things can play out with the events at Novak. Jeannie May is kind of, she's one of those people who comes across so nice and polite and friendly because she's trying to keep the motel booked. She's trying to keep the little town alive. They make a lot of money from people traveling through. A hundred caps a night to stay in a room and some of the locals use those rooms as their homes 
they just live at the motel because there isn't a whole lot of uh, real estate around with actual buildings on it. And Jeannie Mae, being the businesswoman she is, is interested in keeping those rooms filled and available for people traveling by. So we'll just we'll just say that she's the kind of person who is probably raised in the rural environments and among other people in those rural rural environments who believed that their way of existence, their culture, their society was not only different, but better than people who come from urban environments. This is an age old tale, the whole rural versus urban people. She, she doesn't really have any love for city folk as she would call them. And she's not against uh, manipulating them when they happen to come through town. And she just is a little bit more capable of things than you might originally think by looking at her, you know, kind of, kind of, Team appearance, the glasses, the uh, the tied up hair. In the Dino D Light Motel, there are a number of rooms. There's the room that you can rent, which is right up the stairs. There are two vacant rooms, and then the others, like I mentioned before, are all inhabited by other people living at the motel. So there isn't a whole lot of extra room for people. There's Manny Vargas, who we mentioned in the last episode, and Boone, and then there's Daisy Whitman and Bruce. Isaac. Now, remember the episode where I talked about the potential, uh, the potential, I guess you could say the potential for Enclave to show back up in future Fallout games and where any of the Enclave members might have been post Fallout 3? Well, then, if you did listen to that episode, you will recognize the name Daisy Whitman. I was never happier than when I was in the cockpit. I was able to go just about anywhere and everywhere, limited only by the fuel I could carry. Daisy Whitman was, or is, I guess you can say at the time of this game, an Enclave veteran. And she lived at one point, or at least worked at the oil rig. The oil rig. The, the one from like the early Fallout games that you have to blow up. Yes, that oil rig. Her importance in this game has a lot to do with the Arcade Ganon story and some of that stuff. So we'll get to that on a future episode. But for right now, you just need to know that she she loved flying. She loved being up in the air. The freedom of the skies was her thing. And then there's Bruce Isaac. Oh, please don't kill me. I swear I'll have. Wait, you you don't work for Mr. Bishop, do you? So Bruce was. Uh, previously a singer at the Shark Club in New Reno. His story revolves around um, some money that Mr. Bishop, the head of the Bishop family, owed him. The Bishop family comes up in the Fallout 2 game, um, the Fallout 2 game, in Fallout 2, and is a prominent family in the area. Specifically, they're known for controlling a lot of things over in New Reno. And, um, well, Bruce... Bruce was owed some money, wasn't able to get the money from Mr. Bishop, so he decided to steal the money owed to him. And at the same time he was uh, plotting this, he managed to um, get with Mr. Bishop's daughter, which uh, 
Both of those things Mr. Bishop wasn't too happy about. So he's hiding out in Novak in order to stay under Mr. Bishop's radar. Now, there are a few more characters who live in Novak or spend time in Novak, and we'll get to them in just a little bit. But first, we need to take a break and thank our patrons for being so awesome. So don't go anywhere. another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve. Patrons, I couldn't do this show without you guys. Thank you so much for your support, all 50 of you. We're currently at a nice even 50. And you know what I would love? I would love if we could get up to 60 patrons sometime in the next month or so. If you're interested in supporting the show, check out patreon.com slash falllorecast. You can get ad-free episodes, episodes a day early, You can get stickers, you can get t-shirts, you can join us on future episodes of the show at the end of every month during our patron chats. There's all sorts of awesome stuff, and I just couldn't do this show without your support. So thank you to everyone who pitches in, and especially our Sentry Bot. Our tier 5 patrons get a shout out every week, and currently, I'm the Creeper is our only tier 5 patron. But if you want to get on there and get a shout out, then that's where you go. Look for tier five. Also, another wonderful way that you can help support this show is by leaving ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts and leaving ratings on Spotify. We've got two new ones that came in on Apple Podcasts. This one is from Tristan920 from the U.S. who wrote Fallout in your ear every week. Five stars. Tom does a fantastic job at analyzing the events, characters, and lore of the Fallout franchise without many, or I'm sorry, through different, <laughs> through many different lenses. Man, I messed that up, but I'm just going to leave it in. If you are a Fallout fan or just enjoy great content or aided by a skilled person who knows their stuff, this podcast is for you. Would give 10 stars if I could. Thanks, Tristan. I appreciate that. Then we have one from Parbran2022 from the US who wrote, Wings of Fire Lorecast, and I don't know if this is so much a review as a request. Hey Tom, check out the book series Wings of Fire, and I got the Wings of Fire, the graphic novel, book five, they're one to 14 chapter books, one to five graphic novels, and do a podcast called Wings of Fire Lorecast. That is the longest run on sentence I've read on the show in a long time. This, <laughs> that title of the review, hope you like that idea. I, I don't know what that sentence means, Parbran, um, but I feel like you probably typed this very quickly on your phone. Uh, thanks for the review, and I I don't even know what Wings of Fire is, but uh, did you did you are you the author of Wings of Fire? Maybe. Um, I don't know what else to say about that one, but thank you for five stars. Uh, and, and thanks to anybody who takes the time to share the show with your friends. Um, and Parbrand, if you want to clarify a little bit of this, just, you know, shoot me a note on Twitter. Send a message on the Discord. Let me know some more about whatever Wings of Fire is. Um, and, uh, all right. Well, I, I think that's it for the middle of the show this week. We're going to move on with more info about Novak, the people that live there, and some of the cool little details you might not know. If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them. All right. Here we are back with the rest of the episode. We have some other characters to talk about. We've got, let's start with Cliff Briscoe. Darn it. No one ever buys the T-Rexes. So speaking about the Dino Delight Motel, 
Cliff Briscoe runs the shop where he tries to sell all the T-Rexes. Darn it, no one ever buys the T-Rexes. I love I love that quote. I just had to play it again. Um, <laughs> there's not a whole lot of info around him. He shows up in a few of the other quest lines, but is otherwise a not super interesting character. Eh, kind of a fun guy to talk to at the, at the little shop at the bottom of the dino. Then we have Ada Strauss. What are the chances of me botching another routine procedure in the same day? So Ada is the doctor and she supplies medical equipment in Novak. She and her bodyguards are typically seen around the gas station behind the motel. And they move around a little bit and they're kind of useful for, you know, selling things and picking up some items that you might need. But otherwise, not a whole lot going on with her. Alice McBride, though... Not that there ain't others who pry around here. That no-bark was skulking around our yard last week. <laughs> I thought he was our cow killer. Was about to lash him with our bullwhip till I saw who it was. He's harmless, though. Part of me wishes I could see things like he sees them. All full of mystery. And her husband, Dusty McBride. Hey there. In from out of town, ain't you? Name's Dusty. Have been having issues. They raise cattle... Dusty does the like farm handling stuff, the raising of the cattle. Alice chops up the cattle, prepares them as meat. So this is one of the few other, I guess you could say, commercial interests of the town of Novak. There's a lot of the whole focus on the motel and the travelers coming through and the money that they make off of that. But this this couple right here actually farms and when you get to Novak, you find out that somebody's been killing the cattle. They're not stealing the cattle. They're not killing the cattle and taking the meat from the cattle. They're just shooting the cattle. And Dusty and Alice don't know why. It's a mystery. So this becomes one of the quest lines. They, uh, and you heard Alice mention that she thought it was No Bark. No Bark is, of course, somebody named No Bark Noonan is the conspiracy theorist living at Novak. Them quack doctors can say what they want about all the rad scorpion stings that done pierced my skull, and I know what I seen. Rad scorpion stings that have pierced his skull. I think if you were to get stung in the head by a rad scorpion and lived, first of all, that would be very notable. But secondly, I'm not sure you would be the same person afterwards. And it doesn't seem like Nobark is either. Now, Nobark is one of those characters who is very interesting simply because of the way the character is designed, like the, the nature of the character. But we don't get a whole lot more about him. There's the question about his name, Nobark. Why is he named Nobark? According to Alice McBride, she believes that it's because it's similar to the phrase, not all of his dogs are barking, meaning like his brain isn't working completely. But he claims they know I ain't just barking here. What I say has got bite. Because it's the truth. Because, of course, he believes that his conspiracy theories are true. And, of course, everyone else is wrong, right? So that's, uh, that's the dilemma with them. Then there's Andy, the NCR ranger. You'll get the hang of that takedown. I had trouble learning it at first, too. Andy's basically the sheriff in town. And when you arrive at Novak, you find out that he's a... Uh, He's kind of laid up with an injury. He fell down the stairs. 
which <laughs> happens. I mean, it happens, right? But it's kind of unfortunate. Now, Andy in his prime wouldn't have let that stop him, but he's not in his prime anymore. In fact, there's a very tragic story of how he previously led a group of the NCR against the Legion. And they were trying to root out some slavers in a burnt out house. And when they got to the house, all they found was one tiny child hiding in a closet. When Andy tried to save the child, the child went further back into the closet only to reveal a live grenade. And that grenade went off. And of course, tragedy ensued. And fortunately for Andy, he survived, but he was wounded. He, he carries the results of wounds to his arm and his leg. So he's not in the best condition anymore. But for the town of Novak, that means that he can stay in one place. He doesn't have to travel so much. And he acts as the local sheriff, the, the person looking over the town specifically, kind of the tripod to the three, uh, the two snipers, the ones who watch during the day and during the night, kind of looking out into the wasteland, keeping an eye on what's going on and who might be coming and going. And then once they're in the town, that's when they're Andy's business. So that's the inhabitants, or those are most of the inhabitants, at least when you get to Novak. Some things do change throughout the gameplay. Um, but there are some other notable things about items and some other stuff that you can find here. So first is that there is a DC Journal of Internal Medicine in Ranger Andy's bungalow. So, of course, you can pick that up if you're there. You want to make sure that you sneak in and get that. Then, and I think this is probably my favorite item here. There's the gun. I've talked about the gun on previous episodes before. It comes up as one of those like classic fallout weapons. This is inside the Dinobite gift shop and it's locked behind the rocket souvenirs on a metal shelf in like the closet area. Um, you can also buy it from Cliff Briscoe if you don't want to try to sneak around and steal it. That gun is interesting because it is a very specifically designed weapon to look like the gun that Deckard uses in Blade Runner, in the original Blade Runner film. So Deckard is the main character, the detective. And this gun looks very similar to that. This is actually a playoff of the that gun that shows up in Fallout 1 and Fallout 2. The original that gun and, and people would just call it that gun back in the day according to legend that's just how people refer to the gun the people who played the game on forums and things like that would just call it that gun because it was iconic and in the original version of this weapon from the old fallout games it was a point twenty or 223 pistol um, this version is a 5.56 millimeter pistol in new vegas and there's actually a little uh, in-world kind of lore story about how this is actually the same weapon from Fallout 1 and Fallout 2. It's just been updated in order to be able to shoot the larger rounds, which is kind of cool. So there's also two Sunset Sarsaparilla star bottle caps. Remember these? You can, you can kind of uh, try to collect all these. One in the kitchen of a house northeast of Jeannie May Crawford's house. Uh, the bottle cap is in the kitchen on the table to the left of the entrance. The second can be stolen from Daisy Whitman's room on the table with the television set. I don't know why I said television set, but I think I'm going to start saying that all the time. 
Also, there's the bill of sale in the safe at the Dino Delight at the front desk, which is valuable. You could check that out. There is a first recon beret, which we talked about before, which you can acquire from Boone. He doesn't like it if you take it. He wants it back on his head, but you can take that. There is another very, uh, very fancy weapon that you can get called the Paciencia. Paciencia. It's a unique hunting rifle. It has three round magazine, higher damage than the regular variant, and a higher item HP. And uh, it also does better critical hits and all that kind of stuff. Um, this one's pretty cool because it's got like the like cloth wrap around the, what is that called? The stock, the part that kind of butts up against your shoulder. Um, it's, you know, it looks like a worn old rifle with a kind of a special thing on it. Then there's also the MF Hyperbreda Alpha, an energy weapon specifically that you can get here. Both of these weapons, the Paciencia and the Hyperbreeder Alpha are from the Gunrunner's Arsenal. And this one is a recharger pistol, meaning that it has effectively limitless ammunition. It's kind of self-charging. This one looks really cool. It's kind of got like a blue metallic look with some gray tubes and that's those kinds of things but then it's also got like the glowy green bits on it very cool looking weapon you should check it out if you are into energy weapons so all of that stuff can be found at novak now there's some fun other little bits here that you other other fun little bits i think is the way to actually say that words is hard friends words is hard so this is interesting in Bruce Isaac's room, you can find a poster for the Museum of Technology, which is a place located in Fallout 3. This isn't even in Fallout New Vegas. It's a uh, image that they imported from the previous game. So maybe he's a fan of technology, I guess. The crafting supplies at the gas station have to be stolen. There's no way to get those. They're just kind of sitting out there, but there's no way to get those without stealing. So that's something that's kind of notable. If the player heads east of Novak, an unarmed raider can be found dead near a destroyed car by the toxic dump site. This is a random spawn and may not always occur, so it's something that you come across or not. This is the only character simply named Raider in the entire game. And on top of that, a pair of dead recruit legionaries may also be found in the vicinity. I wonder if they uh, killed each other. Also. Cass states that when she first saw Novak from a distance, she thought Dinky the T-Rex was a giant gecko, which is hilarious because everybody loves the little geckos and I can totally get that. I totally, I totally see how you could make that mistake. And you know what? I think this is the first time I actually dropped the name Dinky for the T-Rex on both this episode and the last episode. So I should have done that earlier. By the way, everyone, the big T-Rex statue, his name's Dinky. Last point here. After completing the quest, one for my baby, for Craig Boone, the body of the individual who is chosen to implicate will take several days to disappear. So the way that quest line goes, of course, you figure out who you think did it. And I haven't dropped any spoilers about that yet, I don't believe. And once uh, you or Boone kill them, the body sticks around for a few days. It doesn't get cleaned up right away. It just kind of lays there, which is messed up if you think about it pretty pretty messed up all right so to wrap this up you guys want to hear some of the bugs that can be found here these are fun so if you go up in the dino mouth in dinky's mouth you can push either manny or boone onto the teeth of the dinosaur and then do a ranger takedown on them and they will fall off the dinosaur 
like out the mouth and then they will fly right back up pretty weird also uh patch 1.6 messed up some of the doors in the motel they're kind of like hanging open in empty space they're just kind of like glitched out Another fun bug is that the items stored in the player character's hotel room in the wardrobe and footlocker can be lost. So don't put stuff in there. Try not to store things in there. And what gets swapped out is the junk contents. The original junk contents that were in those locations will like replace them. So not safe place to store your stuff. And then finally, and this will connect to maybe next week's episode. I think I might do Repcon next week, but the pathway up to the Repcon test site when you're coming from Novak has some really crappy low textures. And it's just part of the game that wasn't supposed to be that way. It looks like these are either mip map levels that don't click and do like the higher quality texture or somehow they just got missed. And there seems to be no way to fix this according to people who have messed with the game in order to try to get these to like update or show the higher res textures or whatever. So on your travels out from Novak up to Repcon, be aware some in the ground looks a little funny, <laughs> but we'll go explore Repcon next week. And thanks everybody as usual for tuning in. Stay safe out there until next time. Bye everybody. plug into everything else we're doing check out robotsradio.net reach out to me on twitter at robots underscore radio check out the robots radio rocket club where you can join me and a bunch of our other creators creating your podcast starting a new podcast or helping your current podcast grow there's more information about that on robotsradio.net as well and you can always talk with us and the entire community over 2,000 people on the robots radio discord Come join us. We'd love to chat with you. See you guys next time.